What in the world are the Titans going to do at quarterback against the Falcons on Sunday? I'm going to talk about that on a crossover Thursday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a week eight crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Titans and Locked on Falcons. I am Tyler Rowland, host of Locked on Titans here with the local expert from Locked on Falcons, Aaron Freeman. One of my favorite co-workers here, the Locked on Podcast Network, said that after, uh, on yesterday's show, but fully believe it. Excited to dive into this game. We're going to talk storylines, matchups, maybe some predictions for how things play out. Before we get into all of it, do want to let you guys know that today's Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Prize Picks. All right. Prize picks, by far, in a way, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use that code LockedOnNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Aaron, it's storyline time, and I know both of these teams have some con- con- compelling, I'll call it. I want to say confusing, concerning. I'll go with compelling storylines with their quarterbacks. Now, the Falcons storyline, because they're a winning team right now, may be a little more complex, but I'll allow you and your expertise to touch on that. For the Titans, the quarterback drama is simple. The Titans need to play Will Levis. Ryan Tannehill is hurt. The Titans and Mike Vrabel can pretend all week long that they're going to rotate Malik Willis and Will Levis one series, every other series, who knows what we're going to do. Tannehill may still play, everybody. Arthur Smith, do you, do you hear me, Arthur Smith? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, what is Mike Vrabel really going to do at quarterback? Because he could sell all these different dreams to the media and sell these lies in his press conferences for gamesmanship, which, Aaron, let me take a quick aside here. I've said it all week. These childish ploys at gamesmanship, from a guy like Mike Vrabel, do you think that the Falcons coaching staff is truly going to lose sleep over game plans for Malik Willis? No. And is Will Levis any different than game planning for Tannehill? Not really, no. So who are you fooling, Mike Vrabel? Only yourself, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, regardless of what I think will happen, what Vrabel is selling will happen, what will truly happen? Because the Titans are 2-4, and four, and... They just traded an all-pro safety, and it is obvious that this team needs to think about the future, and the future is Will Levis, and if it's not, they need to find that out right away. So the biggest storyline for the Titans is probably the biggest, easiest storyline of any team in the NFL this week. What's going to happen at quarterback? How will Levis look if he plays? Will Mike Vrabel go full galaxy brain and truly rotate his quarterbacks like it's the preseason? That is by far and away the big storyline. That is what everyone should be focusing on. And honestly, in my opinion, if you're a Falcons fan, it'll kind of be fun to watch a floundering fish in the Titans try to get back from the sand to the ocean. You know what I mean? It might be fun to watch that happen while you're sitting there. <laughs> Look, he's trying. He's trying to get that. That's what it feels like to me. But yeah, that that kind of blows everything else out of the water for what the Titans are, are dealing with right now. 
yeah, I was curious if you were going with the the quarterback quandary or the potential uh, trade deadline that's coming up as the big story for the Why Titans. Because you know, because what if they play the wrong quarterback? They rotate quarterbacks. They lose by a thousand, and then you're two and five. Then the next day they trade Derrick Henry and Danico Autry and roll into the sun with a tanking team. Literally roll into the sun with a tanking team. So, yeah, I, Aaron, I, I think it's fair to worry about those two things. But for me, they're kind of intertwined in a way to combine this big story of what is going to happen with the Titans going forward. Are they still going to try to eke it out? Are they going to tank? And how the young quarterbacks factor into that, by far the most important thing. You're 100% right on that. Well, I, I wish this schedule was a little different because I don't want to deal with Danico Autry and Derrick Henry <laughs> as a right. Falcon fan this week. Uh, but yeah. um, for the Falcons, it's it's interesting because you're talking about like the Titans need to find out if Will Levis is the guy and the Falcons were in this mm-hmm. same situation last year with Marcus yep. Mario to Desmond Ritter and the Falcons were in first place in the NFC South with a four and four record mm-hmm. in week eight of last year. Think after week eight of last year thinking, Hey, you know, Let's see how long this Mariota thing can can ride, and let's see if he can get this team in the playoff contention. And what proceeded to happen was the Falcons won one of their next four games, and that precipitated them once their you know the playoff picture started shrinking at that point to mm-hmm. make to make Desmond Ritter the quarterback. Um, and now the Falcons are four and three in first place in the NFC South, heading into Week Eight, and you know they don't. You know, I know there's some people that think they should be looking hard at Taylor Heineke, but like, no, they need to find out if Desmond Ritter is the right, right guy. What is Taylor and- Heineke for you? What What is that? Even if you have a great roster, that's a first round playoff loss. That is Marcus Mariota. That is Ryan Tannehill. There's no ceiling there. Yeah, absolutely. You get it, Tyler. But, you know, yeah, some people don't. Because I'm here. I'm here. I'm living. I'm living. And <laughs> we are bunk mates in the same cell right now, Aaron Freeman. That's what's happening. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Your frequent appearances on Lockdown Falcons during the offseason, basically, it it does feel like that. uh, Talking about former Titans coming to the Atlanta Falcons. But Uh yeah, so like they just they need to figure out if Ritter can do be not Marcus Mariota, not be Taylor Heineke, not be Ryan Tannehill, as you're talking about, and be a guy that not only in the regular season can maintain this grip on the NFC South that is anybody's uh, division at this point. And, you know, hopefully that will lead to him getting into the postseason. And, you know, I'm not expecting the Falcons to go on a deep postseason run, but I would love to see it. So that's kind of what's at stake over the next couple of games in this Titans game. Getting a road win against the Titans, especially a down Titans team, will certainly help the Falcons make the case and Desmond Ritter make the case that, hey, I'm more than a Ryan Tannehill. I'm more than a Taylor Heineke type of quarterback. So far, we haven't really seen him play at that level, but... Things are kind of trending in the right direction the last couple of weeks. If he can just kind of eliminate the turnovers, like it does feel like this offense is going, it's on the verge of reaching a brand new level, but we just haven't seen it. And, you know, is this the week against a, a stout Titans front uh, on the road? Is this the week where you can kind of get, see Desmond Ritter go get over the hump? But I understand Tyler, you know, with coaches and saying things at press conference, I know Vrabel's been saying some crazy things. Arthur Smith had his weird sort of comments earlier today on Wednesday uh, uh, about B. John Robinson. 
And like, I get what Arthur Smith was trying to say. He was trying to basically say it's a non-issue. And so you guys asking this question is sensationalizing like, like climate change or whatever. But mm -hmm. like, just like the Falcons offense, like I get the intention of what they're doing, but they don't always execute it correctly. <laughs> so it, it just felt like a microcosm of what's going on with the Falcons offense. Like on, on paper, what you're trying to do, Arthur Smith, with this weird Bijan comment makes sense. But the mm -hmm. execution is not quite right. And that's basically the Falcons offense this season. I'm with you. And and what I would just say to that outside of the metaphor and the, how it being a microcosm of the season to me, and I guess this is just my view of the dynamic in this business, but Arthur Smith does owe an explanation to Falcons <laughs> customers. We can say fans all we want, but customers, the business does owe their customers an explanation as to why the best player on the entire team didn't play but like one snap at the very end of the game. If he's too sick and he can't play, why would he be dressed? Why would he ever go in, especially late in the game anyways? None of it makes any sense. And when you do things that illogically, you owe your customers an answer for why you did that. So Arthur Smith can make his case it doesn't matter at all, but I think it does matter. And he does owe that. And I think that makes the Falcons organization like I think the Titans organization when Vrabel does these things. I make I, They think they're protecting their team and protecting their players by hiding the information. I think they make the drama even more. They stir it up even more when they refuse to be transparent. And it's actually more of a detriment to the franchises than it is a benefit to their players by protecting them, quote unquote. And I think that's a fair, fair assessment of the situation. Yeah. I don't have yeah. anything else to say. <laughs> I, I hear you on that. Uh, can I just ask this one question before we move on? Was Bijan Robinson hungover and complaining about having a headache? And Arthur Smith like, oh, so you're hungover and got a headache? How about you don't get to play at all? Get hungover next weekend and try that. Am I crazy for thinking that might be what this is? I mean, I don't think in a vacuum you're crazy. But like when given what Bijan Robinson is supposed to be like the good guys of all good guys. And like right. we joke. Unlocked on Falcons my, with Jarvis Davis. We talk and call him Mr. Walk on Water, Mr. Turn Water into Wine. So right. it's like, you know, maybe he did turn some water into wine and, and drink a little bit too much <laughs> at a wedding on, on Saturday night. But um, if, if you if you get the uh, the analogy. But uh, right. yeah, I, I, I don't think that's the case. But, you know, who knows? Well, I guess my overall point is, and the reason I ask is because Arthur Smith doesn't give us a legitimate answer for this wild situation, it leaves us to speculate as to what to happen. And when that speculation happens on a national stage, it stains your franchise and, and how you receive public relations wise, which I think does matter for franchises like the Falcons and the Titans who aren't maybe the darlings of the NFL with that built in uh, benefit of the doubt. But uh, getting away from these overarching points about how these teams deal with public relations, we will move into the matchup portion of today's show where we talk about the individual matchups that will decide this game. Before I get into those though, Do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. All right, guys. You have counted on DoorDash before for plenty of things. You need wings during the game, get a pizza on a Friday night. DoorDash always delivers, and I am not ashamed to admit that I do love DoorDash. All right. I just had a buffalo chicken wrap for lunch before we recorded this. Got it from DoorDash. And it's not just restaurants and, and food and stuff like that. Well, food in general. You can get groceries delivered on DoorDash. Support your local businesses. Order grocery delivery on DoorDash. Gonna 
make it incredibly convenient for you. And you're going to get all of the same, you know, customer service and support that you get when you order DoorDash normally. Right now, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order on the DoorDash app when you use the code LOCKED23. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3. Download the DoorDash app. Again, enter that code LOCKED23. Subject to change. Terms do apply. But, again, don't forget, use the code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. All right, Aaron, we are continuing a crossover Thursday, week eight matchup, Titans-Falcons. Titans are wearing the Oilers throwbacks. They're on the brink, they're on the ropes at two and four, all the chaos, all the bizarre comments. These are certainly the situations where in the past, Mike Vrabel has come through, got his team ready to play, and won a game. But I worry that some of these matchups between these teams are a little too much in the favor of the Atlanta Falcons. So we're going to dive into those. Aaron, I started us off before. I'll let you kick us all here. What's a matchup that you're looking for or a matchup you think will decide this game? Well, one matchup that I do think is definitely in the favor of the Titans that I'm very nervous about is the Titans' defensive front Mm -hmm. against the Falcons' offensive line. Now, the Falcons' offensive line was a major concern through the first four weeks of the season for Atlanta, and the last couple of weeks has been mostly a non-issue. But they haven't faced a dude quite like Jeffrey Simmons. Mm -hmm. And Jeffrey Simmons going up against arguably the Falcons' weakest link on their offensive line, their left guard, Matthew Bergeron, mm-hmm. scares Rookie, yes, scares the bejesus out of me, frankly, if I'm <laughs> being honest. Um, that just feels like something that is – you're going to see Jeffrey Simmons do Jeffrey Simmons things that we've seen him do and and take over a football game. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that worries me because if he can take over the football game – because I, I think with the Titans, like their goal – if I'm trying to get in their head and, and try to figure out what their game plan is that apparently Malik Willis doesn't know about yet. Um, <laughs> right. You know, their game plan is to basically beat up the Falcons in the trenches, let Jeffrey Simmons and Derek Henry, and probably to a lesser extent, Tajay Spears. Hopefully those will be the three best players on the field on Sunday. And if that's the case, that's going to give the Tennessee the best chance that they have to win. So those are the three players that really give me worries about the Falcons, but I, I do like, mm-hmm pretty much the Falcons matchups pretty much everywhere else across the field, right? I feel like the Falcons can use their bigger receiver core with Kyle Pitts um, as well as, you know, a healthy B. John Robinson um, to try to create some mismatches at the Mm -hmm. linebacker level and in the secondary, especially with Kevin Byard uh, being traded, you know, you lose your best player. Titans have, you know, smaller corners, you know, I like Roger McCurry a lot, but I'd love to see Drake London matched up against him in the slot and whatnot. So yeah, I feel like those are some of the matchups that favor the Falcons, but there's also, you know, like the Simmons one and that Titans run game, like the Falcons run defense has been good this year, but the teams that have been able to successfully run the ball against them week one against Carolina. And then like at the end of the game 
uh, in the Houston game, Houston basically made the adjustment like we're just going to run it up the middle and they were able to basically engineer a potential game winning drive doing that. So if you just commit to just running the ball right into the teeth of the Falcons defense, you can potentially find some space for your running backs. And with, you know, Henry and Spears, that could be a problem. So those are some of the matchups, I think, that go both in favor of the Falcons and against them. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there because you look at the Falcons' last three games, they've allowed less than 74 yards all three of the last three weeks, 64 to Houston, then 72 to the Commanders, 73 to the Buccaneers last week. But, I mean, none of those teams are great at running the football and, and are as focused on running the football as the Titans are. The Bucs maybe they're as focused, but they, they haven't been able to get anything going in the run game for most of the year. So I definitely think the Titans present a different challenge in the run game than the Falcons have faced in a few weeks. And that can maybe catch them off guard because they're not used to playing that style of football in the last month. But for me, I'm really more worried uh, about the Titans ability to pass protect. That's what it comes down to in every game, especially if you're going to have a young quarterback in there is the Titans offensive line that has not been good early on in this season. They're going to be putting Nicholas Petit-Ferrer out there at left tackle instead of Andre Dillard, making a change there. They're trying to... They got Peter Skaronsky back after missing three weeks with an appendectomy. I mean, I feel like Falcons fans will understand that, like, you don't have any good first-round picks for multiple years. Skaronsky comes out in week one as a top-10 offensive lineman per PFF in the NFL, and then he has an appendectomy and is out for nearly a month. Like... What in the world? Just uh, wild circumstances. But for me, what scares me most about the Falcons' pass rush against the Titans' offensive line is the Falcons don't have, like, one pure dominant rusher, like one guy who's just always doing it. They're sack combinations from a bunch of different people. I mean, they'll bring linebackers. Uh, Obviously, you have Bud Dupree with two sacks, Kalias Campbell up top. Grady Jarrett only has one and a half sacks this year, but we know it what he's capable of. So I just feel like there's a multitude of different people on the pass rush that you have to worry about and not just one guy. Like when the Titans play just one dominant edge rusher, they could focus all of their attention there. Now it's like, well, we don't really have anybody who we need to like double team constantly. So just win one-on-one. And when you don't necessarily know where you need to focus your help, you might not have your help in the right place. And it could create where there's just no smart place to help because every There's no, like, dominant guy to go after. So I worry about the balance of the Falcons' pass rush being a problem for the Titans, even without, like, a dominant performer. Um, uh, On the flip side of things, I'm worried about the Titans' edges. Harold Landry has not been good coming back from ACL. We hear this all the time. Guys don't look like themselves until they're two years removed from the ACL. So Landry struggled to start the year coming back. Um, A guy like uh, Danico Autry has really slowed down as a run defender. He struggles with the athleticism and people on the edge at 33 years old. Arden Key was a rotational player the last two years and rehabbed his career, not as a starter. And I think he struggled to keep his high energy and high intensity throughout games. Um, The other depth the Titans have really aren't run defenders. Mike Vrabel's philosophy in run defense is edge, wall, swarm. What does that start with? The edge. Titans haven't done a good job of setting the edge. And with the wide outside running of Arthur Smith's offense, with the, the Falcons really want to get out on the perimeter and widen out those outside zone runs, I'm worried about the Titans be able to set an edge and uh, tackle on the perimeter with their edge rushers uh, and their outside linebackers against Caleb McGarry and Jake Matthews, who 
like you said, the offensive line has had their struggles, but you could have worse offensive tackles. You really could. So I'm a bit worried about that matchup on the Titans side. But we are going to get into our predictions in this game, not only score and game predictions, but also kind of how we think things play out. We got to talk about turnovers, Aaron, because both of these teams really need to win the turnover battle and really need to improve in that area going forward. But before we get into that, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Right now is a perfect time to get in on the action at FanDuel because we clearly have the NFL season in full swing. The World Series is right around the corner. NBA season is picking up and starting. I mean, it's a beautiful time to wager on sports. And right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet Win or lose, that's $200 in bonus bets. Again, guaranteed, whether you win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time. You can bet on everything from the spreads to the player props to over-unders and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Also want to tell you guys about Chase Medical and their fantastic product. The Jace case. All right, guys. You never want to get caught unprepared. And there are plenty of moments in your life where you're just not certain what's going to happen. I mean, there's unrest all over the world. There's fires and hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes and supply chain shortages for all kinds of things, including medication. But medication is something that you have to have in a timely manner. And the solution is the Jace case. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit. It contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial diseases. And you can customize your Jace case with additional medications that make sense for you and are perfect and a great fit for your family's unique needs. All right, guys, go to jacemedical.com. Use the code LOCKED ON. At checkout for a $20 discount on your order. Once again, that's promo code locked on at Jace Medical. That's J A S E Medical.com. All right, Aaron, it is time. We're going to cap off this crossover Thursday with some predictions of what we think is going to happen. Maybe throw some scores in there. Again, these are tentative predictions, folks. We might change things up on our Friday show. We think about this a little more, hit the tape a little bit more, you know, lock in a little bit more on this matchup. All jokes aside, though, we'll get into what we think happens here. Before we do, want to thank you guys for making Locked on Titans, Locked on Falcons your first to listen each and every day. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. Monday through Friday content on your team, on all apps, always for free. You're not going to beat that anywhere else. It's your team every day here on Locked on Titans, Locked on Falcons. Also, make sure you guys check out Locked on NFL Kickoff Live, 2 p.m. Eastern on Fridays. You get all the Locked on hosts insights. You get hosts from great, the three people running the show. It's excellent stuff, 2 p.m. Eastern, Friday. It's going to be on Locked on Falcons, Locked on Titans YouTube channels as well. So it's not like you guys even have to do anything to check it out. 
Just tune in when you get the notification. But, Aaron, I went first. I'll let you go first. I'll be a gracious host here as the home team, and I'll go first one last time. The Falcons are a better football team than the Titans. They are. That is my feeling. You look at the rosters. You look at the coaching. The Falcons are better. You look at the record. I mean, am I really, you know, giving a hot take right now? Maybe some fans think so. But the Falcons are a better team than the Titans. But the Falcons are not a great football team. The Falcons are a good football team. And they could lose to anybody any week. They could beat anybody any week. Okay? That's what I think about the Falcons. They could be a playoff team. Like you said, the sky could fall out and they could lose five of their next six games. I wouldn't be shocked by any of it. So I think the Falcons are a better team. I think the Falcons make the playoffs in the NFC. The Falcons finish with a better record. But Mike Vrabel wins these games. When I complain too much about Mike Vrabel during the week, I know that he finds a way to win these games. In the Oilers uniforms, coming out of the bye, with the whole world against him, you're tanking, you traded Bayard, you're playing the young quarterbacks, you're a liar, you're this, you're that, blah, blah, blah. Mike Vrabel finds a way to scratch out a victory. I think this is going to be an ugly football game. I think both teams turn over the ball multiple times, and whichever team gets those turnovers and a better spot for their offense is going to win. Again, I think the Falcons are a better football team, but something in my soul tells me this is just one of those weird games where you don't think the Titans should win, and they're tanking, and blah, 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 but they win. And Aaron, let me give you one more little insight into my psychology here as a person and how I pick football games. Are the Falcons a 6-2 and two football team? No, not in my mind. Are the Titans a 2-5 and five football team? No, not in my mind. Titans should be 3-4. and four. The Falcons should be 5-3. and three. That's what those teams' records should be. So I'm going to go the Titans win this one. You, you tell me with three turnovers, they get three turnovers of the Falcons. Falcons only get two on the Titans, and that's what decides the game. Okay. Well, I, I just want to remind you, Tyler, the Falcons are currently four and three. So if they win, oh, they're week, four and five. three. For some reason, I was thinking they were five and two. No, no, you give the Falcons way too much credit. The, oh you, no, all yeah. The- oh no, yeah. I might. All right. See, this is why it's tentative predictions. Because now I got to process this information. Oh lord. Oh no. Here we go. I mean, five and three sounds real good to me right about now. Right. So, right. Uh, right. Maybe that maybe that throws my whole thing for a loop. The Falcons should be five and three. Maybe the Titans should be two and five. Is this gonna be a live prediction change? First time in crossover history. No, I'll stick with it. The Titans find a way to win. I'll say, I'll say 16-13. Yeah, I, look, I, I think you're right. Like, I think everybody, all the lockdown Falcons listeners are licking their chops with Will Levis, Malik Willis, and, and whatever the Titans are going through. Right, right. Um, and the easy thing I'd be I'd come on here and be like yeah the Falcons they're going to get off to the fast start that they've been getting off to the last couple of weeks you know they're top yeah. 5 in first quarter points and they'll put up points and it'll completely force the Titans to abandon the run and they'll just roll over Will Levis and whoever else plays you know 30 to 10 or something like that right. I would love to see it but you basically broke it down Tyler like the Falcons are just you don't know what they are. Like yeah, some weeks they, they look really on. good. And like, if they win their next five games, it wouldn't shock me. If they lose their next five games, it wouldn't shock me. This is a team that is very hard to predict. 
if they play the way that they have played for most of the season, it's going to be, as you said, an ugly, low-scoring game, a bunch of turnovers on both sides of the ball. It's going to be a one-score game going into the final five to ten minutes, and it just may just boil down to who has the ball last is going to be the team that wins the game, and it's going to be that ugly sort of (laughs) – 13 to 10 type of a football game that nobody wants to watch on Sunday. That's probably the way it will go. So like I'm going to predict the Falcons will get to 17 points and they will give up 10 points to the Titans and they will find a way to win this game as ugly as possibly be. But that's, that's probably the way it's going to go. And honestly, you're talking about the hot start. That's another to me, Arthur Smith versus Mike Vrabel. They know each other. Like, Arthur gets out to fast starts because he puts together a fantastic plan at dissecting the other defense. The Titans know the offense very well. Maybe that allows them to prevent the Falcons from getting out to that fast start that they normally do, which allows the game to be even closer at the end. You know, that could be something to watch for as well as the matchup between the two coaches. We probably should have mentioned that in the matchup section, but there's so much to talk about every crossover Thursday. But either way, we talked about all we can for now. That is going to do it for a Week 8 crossover Thursday. Locked on Titans, locked on Falcons. Again, have a great time every time we get to talk, Aaron. It seems like with these two teams, we talk quite a bit about the moving part. So, uh, awesome crossover. Good luck to both teams. Good luck to both fan bases. Again, make sure that you make Locked on Titans, Locked on Falcons your first listen each and every day. I say this on the Thursday edition of Locked on NFL. I'll bring it here. Start your weekend early, folks, and stay safe out there.